welcome to the Audible. I'm Stuart Mandel. No Bruce Feldman with us today on Signing Day. This is the fourth and final episode I'm bringing to you on this very busy signing day of coaches' interviews. And we've got, frankly, two of the best in the sport. I think everybody would agree right here in this last episode. So first up, I catch up with Ohio State coach Urban Meyer. The Buckeyes once again had one of the top recruiting classes in the country. That seems like an annual thing. Uh, But what's interesting about this class is, uh, as we talk about, a lot of great DBs, which is important because Ohio State, believe it or not, has had six DBs turn pro over the last two seasons, three starters from each year. We also talk about a very highly touted quarterback, Tate Martell. And then at the end, I asked him a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott and the great rookie season he had in the NFL. And and actually, Urban kind of tied it all back to recruiting and recruiting rankings. So that was very timely. After Urban, we've got Stanford coach David Shaw. Now, here's where the recruiting rankings can be a little deceiving. If you look on the team rankings at the end of the day, you're going to see Stanford ranked around 14th. They only signed 14 guys. Look at the average per player, and I believe only Alabama and Ohio State are higher. They just had a home run year uh, in terms of getting forth the number one quarterback in the country in Davis Mills. Two of the three best tackles, or as David calls them, the two best tackles, Walker Little and Foster Serrell, and the top tight end in Colby Parkinson. So without further ado, let's talk to these coaches. All right, very excited now to be joined by Ohio State coach Urban Meyer at the end of another signing day and another uh, very highly ranked class. I feel like I've asked you this in past years, Urban, but um, given the amount of kids in this class, I mean, they only give out 32 five-stars, and you've got five of them out of 21 kids in the class. I mean, is this rank up there with the best you've signed? Yeah, and I actually think we have more than that. Uh, there's some kids, and I... I I think I know who the five stars are, but there's also some uh, guys here on campus. That's the, I think the difference here is, uh, you know, the unique opportunity that these guys are already working out. We got back, you know, from the weekend from recruiting and the last three days we're walking around this uh, weight room and facility talking to our guys. And my goodness, you have nine guys here right now that I would anticipate uh, the majority of them are going to play next year. And I assume a part of that is because it's guys like uh, Jeffrey Okuda, Isaiah Pryor, uh, Sean Wade. These guys are secondary guys. And, I mean, this is the second straight year you've had, what, three of the four starters turn pro early? Yeah. You know, I guess what I'm curious is you, you try to plan for these things as far ahead of time as possible. But how could you have known when you started recruiting this class that Malik Hooker would be declaring for the NFL, right? I mean, he hadn't even really played much before this past year. How do you account for that? at a program like yours where this is, you know, if you're having success, you're going to have guys leaving early. Well, it's almost a given now. You know, it's unf- I don't want to say it's unfortunate because it's great for the guys. Are you mean, you kidding me? The, Malik Cooker uh, paid his dues, worked his tail off, and then uh, he's going to be a top five pick, and his family is going to be set for the rest of his life. So it's nothing but good. Uh, so I think what on the outside looking in, you, these players see that. You know, and they have great confidence in our coach, strength coach, Mickey Mirati, our, you know, Greg Schiano and, and, um, Kerry Combs, the, you know, the, you name a, another corner coach that has a track record, track record like Kerry Combs. And that guy does not exist, you know, as far as developing the first round draft pick. So, um, it's very, it's, here's what's unusual. It's unusual to say, we want to go get you two guys and we got them. Those are the top two corners that we had identified at Sean Wade and, Jeffrey Okuda, and then you got Amir Reap, you got Marcus Williams. They were also targeted very early, 
And then Kendall Sheffield showed up a little bit later, uh, but he's a guy that we recruited out of high school, went to Alabama, and he also sees a great opportunity. So these kids see opportunity, and uh, there's going to be a, a lot of competition for some of those spots in the back end. On offense, obviously, Tate Martell is a name that a lot of anybody who follows recruiting knows his name. And obviously, he was committed elsewhere earlier, ends up going to, with you guys, and he's there now. Um, what can you tell us about him and why, out of all the great quarterbacks this year, he was the guy you wanted? Well, I made a comment earlier that we are in a very evaluation-friendly business as a coach and as a player, especially a quarterback. And we do not evaluate on, you know, size, on, on completion percentage. We, we evaluate on wins and losses. And, and JT Barrett is a winner. Uh, Cardell Jones was a winner. Braxton Miller was a winner. And then you got this guy coming in that, I mean, is a big-time winner. I don't know if he's ever lost. And so uh, you can see that in his personality, the way he handles himself. And you see it. he's been here, you know, two and a half, three weeks. And that's all people say, just a relentless pursuit of, of being a great player, but also uh, picking up those around him. So very impressed with him so far, too. And, you know, another guy on your team that I wouldn't, I guess a year ago, wouldn't necessarily have expected to be, would be turning pro already was um, Curtis Samuel. Are there guys in this class you see playing a similar role? J.K. Dobbins is a, a guy that uh, he broke his ankle uh, early in the season this year. And so he was, you know, I ran for some ridiculous amount of yards as a junior. Uh, he's a guy that we ID'd early. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be that H back, but he's an explosive big play guy, which everybody needs and everybody wants. So he's certainly going to contribute, we hope, contribute early. Uh, but Curtis, you know, Curtis is a rare guy. His, you know, his ability uh, to play both positions is very rare, and, and we're going to still try to develop that guy. So speaking of offense, I was there in the press conference after the Fiesta Bowl. Somebody asked you if there were going to be changes coming to the offense. You basically hinted yes, and it happened almost immediately. Um, Kevin Wilson, we all know, obviously, the, the great success he's had as both a coordinator and a coach at Indiana. Why was he your guy, and, and how will that impact the offense? Well, he's one of the most respected, uh, first of all, football coaches in the country. He's got a track record that you know, is uh, very unique, and he's a guy that I've personally known for quite a while and respected, and we've had a, a relationship. So I know who he is. I know what he's about. Um, and we needed, uh, you know, we needed to make, uh, you know, adjustments to a little bit, you know, we still led the big 10 and offense still did some great things, but he's going to certainly impact our offense. I saw you address this at your signing day press conference in terms of how, I mean, he, he was fired from Indiana for reasons other than their performance on the field, obviously. How did you go about investigating that and making sure he, he would basically be okay to hire at Ohio state? Well, I have a, a great AD and a great president, and, and uh, I know this game very well, too. And, and we certainly investigated and researched and did as much homework as we possibly could. And we would always do that before, you know, you start hearing the word player safety or those type of things. You go do and investigate it. And Gene Smith had a very candid and open conversation with their athletic director. And it was more, of you know, what we were, what shared with us, regardless of what was said in the media or whatever it is it was philosophical differences uh i had a great conversation with uh kevin about what occurred and and i'm very comfortable with it and we're moving forward another change was to bring in uh ryan day as quarterback coach you know it's interesting as jt i feel like he's been playing there forever he's obviously got a great record and yet i know a big emphasis for you has got to be the passing game right now uh what does he need to do and 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 how do you think 
uh, Ryan can impact him in terms of the downfield uh, passing game? Well, if you look in 2014, that's the offense we want to be. We rushed and passed for 250, a high-scoring offense. We Our playmakers are very much involved. We had a very strong vertical passing game. And JT part of it, he broke, you know, he broke Drew Brees' record as a freshman uh, for most touchdowns accounted for. So um, we just have to get back to that. And there's a variety of reasons. I mean, you start with protection always, then you go to the ability of the receivers to separate and then the accuracy of the quarterback. And that's the focus. That's, uh, I mean, we're going to, the amount of time we're going to spend on that has already started. And that's going to be, we, we have to get there. You know, for us, to, any championship level of football team, uh, you have to have great balance. You have to have toughness and balance. And that's when we won it all. That's what we had. And we have to get back to that. And you told us uh, at the press conferences before, in the week before the Fiesta Bowl, you know, last year was surprising to, to for you to get that far because before the season you thought, you thought they were a year away. So now that year is coming up. Do you still do you still feel that way even after some of the guys who left early? I do. I, I think, you know, I'll know more. Obviously, we've been on the road recruiting. i got to get around these players again. And I have the last three days, but that's more of a question in you know, a month or two once we see these young players develop. Um, but I, I feel very strong about the program strength and the health of the program. That means how, how else can you – have guys move on the NFL and you're in the college playoffs again. You know, very few teams can do that or one of those teams. My last thing for you is speaking of the NFL, um, Ezekiel Elliott had obviously a phenomenal rookie season. So did Bosa. So did so many guys from that class. But in terms of Ezekiel Elliott, uh, it's very rare, obviously, for a, a running back to go from college and have that big an impact right away. And obviously, we all saw what he did, the very memorable postseason run. But um, why do you think he was able to achieve something that so few, I mean, even some of the great running backs come through the NFL were not able to do that as a rookie? Here's what's amazing, Stuart. Do you realize that he was ranked 108th? He was also not allowed to play running back in the Army game because they felt, felt there was others. Uh, Zeke Elliott was a product of hard work. Uh, he was a made player. He didn't show up like that. And his work ethic still is legendary around here. So that's what made him what he is. You know, it's not like that opened up and there, there's Zeke Elliott. And that's why you know, he's going to continue to improve because it's even the NFL guys that the Cowboys just talked about his work ethics, unbelievable. And that's what makes him a special player. And I assume you can use that now as, a, as you talk to your current guys, especially the guys coming in, that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you were ranked. Coming, you, you never know which guy from the class is going to turn out to be that guy. Well, we use his, uh, his uh, I use him about every day. And it, not just for running backs, but every position group. And the good thing is we've had, you know, this last five-year run we've had, there's plenty of great uh, stories from Mike Thomas, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, uh, some other, you know, Joey Bosa was a little more ready-made, but there's some great storylines that we've seen guys develop, but Zeke might be the best of all. Well, I know it's been a very busy day, end of a very busy day for you, so Urban, thanks so much for coming on, and, uh, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. All right, guys, we'll get back to the podcast in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about our return sponsor, and that is Books. Uh, the last time Books was an Audible sponsor, and I learned all about it, I used it to get some fantastic flowers for my wife for a special occasion and also a just because, and she told me they're the best flowers I've ever gotten her. So guess what I'll be doing again this Valentine's Day? And you, too, can be a hero this Valentine's Day and give the gift of beautiful farm fresh flowers from Books. Books flowers are cut fresh and sourced from sustainable, eco-friendly farms. They're better value, 
flowers last longer, and so your dollars go a longer way. They have farms located on volcanoes in Ecuador, amongst the hills of Colombia, and along the California coast. Books makes it easy on you with simple ordering, no gimmicks, and transparent pricing. No hidden fees. So the best part, the Booth Company delivers to all 50 states. Need something last minute? They offer products with next day and same day delivery. Branded upscale packaging with note card and craft paper. Save 20% when you order early for Valentine's Day. You'll get free delivery on weekdays when you register at Books.com. B-O-U-Q-S.com. Use code ROMEO for 20% off your order. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com. Code Romeo. Pleased to be joined now on signing day by Stanford coach David Shaw. Uh, Stanford had a, a relatively small class this year, but man, some of the guys in this class that are, are ranked about as high as you can get. In fact, David, if I'm not mistaken, you guys have the number one quarterback, the number one tackle, and the number one tight end. How did that all come about this year? Well, I would add, you know, I think we have the number one and number two tackle uh, tackles in America um, in one class. Um, it, it starts with them. It starts with where these guys come from and, and their backgrounds and having a priority uh, of, of higher education um, that is consistent with Stanford University. It has to start there because we can't get there without that. Um, these guys, by the time we meet them, they have to be on that track um, anyway. Um, but then once you get to know them and you evaluate them as football players, uh, now you're talking about some of the most dynamic um, players in America. And Davis Mills, who's just a phenomenal quarterback, unbelievably accurate, great athleticism, great leader. Um, you know, you're our two tackles, uh, Walker uh, Little and Foster Sorrell, um, outstanding tackles, two of the best tackles in America. Um, and Drew Dahlman um, being, being a center in that group and center guard in that group just – you know, you look at what we do and how we do it, and to have a mobile, athletic, um, accurate quarterback and and an outstanding uh, young offensive line class coming in gets you excited. Now, oftentimes there with recruiting, because you start working on this so far ahead of time, um, there's a little bit of a lag, and I'm wondering if this is the bump that comes from the Rose Bowl season, not last season, but the year before the Rose Bowl season, and obviously all the attention that came from the season Christian had that year. I, I think it, it's just um, the path that we've been on recently. Um, you're thinking about talking about a Stanford uh, football program that's had uh, ten or more wins um, for the last, I guess, five out of the last six years, and uh, a lot of success, a lot of big bowl games, a lot of uh, big games, uh, in particular against SC and Notre Dame that were nationally televised. So you get a chance to see how well we play. And you throw in the recognition that Christian McCaffrey got, um, particularly on the offensive side, for the things that we that we do, and um, Kevin Hogan the year before, and you know being the winningest quarterback in school history, and being in some big games, and so you you attract a guy like Connor Weddington, who's got um, phenomenal skill set uh, to do a lot of things that we did with Christian. Um, and Sione Lund, who's a downhill physical runner um, that we've made, done a great job with, guys like Toby Gerhardt, Stefan Taylor, and Tyler Gaffney, um, and then Osiris Brown, 
you know, looking at the dynamic ability that we we use Ty Montgomery and other guys that we've had, Doug Baldwin, um, and you see those guys fitting in those molds, and then Tucker Fisk and Colby Parkinson um, to be tight ends coming to tight end you. You know, Colby's that athletic, uh, Colby Fleener type of an athlete that's just a six seven mismatch with speed and athleticism on the edge, and you know, Tucker Fisk is that at the line of scrimmage physical blocking tight end that also can catch the ball as well. Okay, so I heard you just sneak in a tight end you reference. Um, The Falcons are playing in the Super Bowl. Their top two tight ends are Stanford guys. When you're recruiting a uh, Colby Parkinson, do you basically just tell them to turn on the TV on Sundays? You know, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much, um, and and really look at us over the years because we're we're not one of those places that just kind of talk to talk. Hey, when you get here, here's what we're going to do. We'll say, hey, look at our track record. Look at what we've done um, in this in this offensive system. And you take those two guys, and you take Zach Ertz um, that 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 flourished here, and now you're seeing the same things that they did here. They're doing on Sundays, and so it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to say, hey, we've got a track record for developing and promoting and pushing uh, these tight ends to be really good in college football because that's what we, 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 we talk about. We talk about being good here. And if you're good enough and lucky enough to take the next step to the next level, okay, great. But we're going to focus on the things that you can accomplish here at Stanford. Davis Mills, uh, like you said, number one rated quarterback in this class uh, from Norcross, Georgia. And I'm curious, I mean, it would seem obvious, if he's, if he's a possibility, you want to go get him. But what's your philosophy on I guess, stacking quarterbacks, because K.J. Costello last year was also one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country. And Keller Christ has still has, you know, a couple of years remaining um, to possibly be the starting quarterback there. I asked this because I did a story earlier this week about just how many quarterbacks transfer. It's a very high rate. It's like 50 percent nationally. And some coaches just say, well, let the best guy win and whatever happens, happens. But I'm curious your own philosophy on that. Well, uh, you've got to know me over, uh, over the years a little bit, and knowing that I'm I'm a I'm a pretty methodical guy, and I'm a pretty um, systematic guy by the way that I go through things, and I we we communicate that to the guys that we recruit, and so many people now think that you have to promise and guarantee these kids um, things to have them come, and all we tell them is you're going to have an opportunity after you learn what to do. I mean, there's like a almost a guaranteed retro year to a certain degree for quarterbacks for us. We're going to teach you how to play the game. You know, we're going to teach you how to play the game. We're teaching you how to do it at a high level. And when you get your opportunity, we believe you're going to play well. Now, while you're still learning and, 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 and preparing for your opportunity, we got to have somebody playing. So, so for us, for these guys, it's not like, hey, come here as a freshman. You're going to come in and, and start and be the guy. Um, so we, we've got a system. Now, I do believe it's hard to take one in every single class, and we've taken a few back-to-back-to-back here. Um, but uh, you're looking at some guys that are very talented, but also understand what we do and how we train guys. But we're also talking about guys that wanted to come to Stanford University itself. So we've got guys that want to be here. And as opposed to saying, hey, I'm going to go someplace and start my freshman, sophomore, and junior year and go be a superstar in the NFL, uh, okay, that's great. That's a promise that somebody else is going to make. Well, for us, we're going to promise you that you're going to get an outstanding education education and you get an opportunity to grow and develop and when it's your turn to play you're going to go out there and you're going to play great in terms of the defensive side of the ball um you just lost obviously a phenomenal defensive uh, player in solomon thomas in terms of the guys coming in i mean ryan johnson stands out to me as somebody who and you tell me it could be that kind of player eventually and i'm curious 
the challenge of getting a guy out of the state of Alabama, a guy who obviously Auburn in particular wanted, um, who's there in Mobile? Well, you know, uh, the game starts up front um, for, for us and our philosophy on both sides of the ball. And um, to have a guy like Ryan Johnson, who's got some flexibility. I mean, he is long. He is physical. He's only he's young. He's going to get bigger and stronger. This is a guy that can play interior like like Solomon Thomas and then also like Solomon. You might want to put this guy on the edge as well. You know, he might want those guys that can play inside and outside and maybe stand up and maybe drop and maybe do a bunch of different things. So um, that's what's exciting about a guy like Ryan. He's so versatile. And he's so athletic. And he's just a puppy, you know, and you're going to look two years down the road and this kid's going to be big physical game changer. And you can buy him with a Dalen Wade Perry who's walking in the door at 320. Now he's that inside uh, fierce run stopper that can also uh, have the athletic ability to get off blocks and, and, and pressure the passer. So uh, we think we've made ourselves much better up front. 14 players, obviously it's a relatively small class and maybe somebody who doesn't know how this works exactly would say, oh, that must be pretty easy. You don't have to pursue as many guys. Is it in some ways harder because of the small number of scholarships that are available? I'm a glass half full guy. So for me, um, we had a way to talk as a staff early on in this process, really about a year ago uh, today. And, you know, I told the staff, hey, you know, you can look at this one or two ways where this is like really hard. Or we say, you know what, we have an opportunity to be very, very focused. Um, it's a small class, which means we're only going for the cream of the crop. You know, the fact that we have a small class means that we've got a good team, a team that's filled with young guys, a lot of guys coming back. So now we can kind of cherry pick. Let's pick the, let's find the guys that we want and earmark those guys. And there's an article a week ago that uh, I guess we had offered probably less less than anybody in the nation offered scholarships, uh, the least amount of scholarships in the nation, which is a great thing for us because we were very, very specific for who we were looking for to try to add to this football team. Can you elaborate on that a little bit in terms of kind of comparing the net that other schools come I mean, Some schools put out hundreds of scholarship offers in a given year. I don't know if you give the exact number, but if you can give us an idea of how many you put out there to get those 14 guys. Gosh, I don't know the exact number, but I don't believe it was, it was close. No, it was nowhere close to 100. And it might have been in the 40s, maybe. 30 or 40s, and a lot of those were initial offers, and whether well, a young man didn't do well on the test or didn't finish the, his, his junior year academically and kind of fell off, off of our board just by the academics or decided not to cross the country and stay close to home. So, I mean, really, for, for these, when it kind of came down to who we're really choosing from, we're talking about 20 guys, you know, for 14 spots. Now, I know what other people do, and, and you could look at it negatively or positively. Um, a lot of people say, hey, you know, we're going to offer a whole bunch of guys. Let's say we need three corners. We're going to offer 15. And now, it's, for me, it feels like a game show, right? Okay, who's the first to jump? First to jump, okay, well, this guy, this guy jumped. Okay, somebody's got to be next. And that, so for me, that, that pressuring guys to kind of commit is the exact opposite from the way that I want to be, which is if we have two spots, I'm going to go after two guys. You know, the guys that, that we want. Now, whatever happens, okay, great. Now, let's go recruit the next guy. And some people will say, well, yeah, you know, you came to me second. I'm like, you know, we came to you honestly. Um, we're going to be very systematic. And now this is, we, we had offered somebody else. They didn't take it or something happened academically. Well, now we're going to offer it to you. And it's yours and as, long as, you, as long as you want it. And if you want it, it's yours. As opposed to offering a bunch of guys for, for limited spots. So we go very systematic. It allows us, honestly, to be more communicative with the guys that we recruit. 
Um, so if you recruit less guys, you get to know them much better. You get to talk to their counselors and their coaches and their families, and you spend more time actually communicating as opposed to, quote, unquote, recruiting a bunch of guys. Um, so for us, it's a little more intimate. We get to know them so much better. They get to know us so much better. And, and when they get admitted and we've been through this process together, that means we typically get the guys that we're looking for. So to be clear, you're saying if you need if you need one cornerback in the class at any given time, there's only an offer out to one cornerback. Uh, that's hard to say that because we may have offered a kid early, and he still may still may list us as an offer, but he didn't get the test score. So in our minds, he's not he's not a viable candidate anymore. So you might say there are more offers than that out there, but we don't publicize who is not going to make it academically, and typically the young men don't, even when they're not academically available for us. So you know, I will say this: over the last um, month or so, um, Paulson was the only corner on our list. Um, he's the only guy that, that we were recruiting. Um, he was our guy. So, you know, we may have offered guys before and then, you know, academically this happened or this didn't happen. Um, but we, we get it narrowed down pretty well so we can actually communicate very directly and honestly and openly with as few individuals as possible. Um, cause I think that's a, that's a fair and honest way to do it. Okay, last thing, you know, given the unique situation you've got there where they do need to be admitted before they can uh, sign, it does look like we're going to get this December signing period next year. It seems likely it's going to pass. How will that affect you guys? Well, I think the big thing for us is for us to um, get get people to campus as early as possible so they can get a chance to see what Stanford's all about. Um, and then be able to start the application process as early as possible. Now, this past year, it was almost kind of a dry run for us. We probably had more early applications um, out this year um, than we've had before. Now, part of it is because this class we just brought in, these are great students. And we had, you know, we had a lot of great students. So getting these guys applications and, and these guys still on them out and getting them back to us is a huge key for that. So, so it just puts more pressure on us. Uh, as coaches to identify the best scholar athletes that are out there, um, get them to campus as soon as possible, let them understand what Stanford's all about and what they need to, need to do to get admitted here, and then start that process uh, with them filling out the application and get it to our admissions people um, so that we can get uh, decisions before, uh, academic decisions before these guys have to make the decisions on where they want to go to school. All right. Well, I know you're a busy guy today, so I really appreciate you taking the time, David, and um, congratulations, obviously, on this class you got. Thank you a lot, Stuart. I'll see you soon.